Welcome back to episode 136 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for episode number 11 in our Road to Draft Day series 23-24, wrapping up our positional rankings with the all-important strikers. This will probably be the last in the Road to Draft Day podcast series this summer, giving us then a bit of time to get the website nice and battle ready for game week one in just one week's time. I'm recording this on Saturday the 5th, so in fact game week one kicks off in less than a week's time, which means waivers are just days away. Very exciting. I expect this will be a very, very busy time for drafts over the next few days. So if that includes you and you haven't signed up at Draft FC yet, please do head over to the site and check out what we have to offer. If you want to have a peek behind the scenes at what our draft room looks like, then we've also made a YouTube video so you can sort of try before you buy. And soon we'll also be making a video once Game Week 1 kicks off, introducing you to all of the other features that you'll come to love and rely on during the season, including our new and revamped predicted lineups. I know that was very popular last season. And what used to be called the Global Dashboard with all of the uh, waiver stats and ownership data, and um, we're now revamping that as the waiver planner which will have loads more functionality to it, including expected points, which then allows us to do waiver suggestions, head-to-head matchup predictions for the coming game week, and also optimal lineup. But anyway, it's probably just a matter of days or hours before you are drafting and you want to hear me talk through some of these striker picks. As with the previous positional episodes we've done, this will not be a complete rundown. If you want the full list, which we're updating daily, then you will have to sign up at draftfc.co.uk. So this will just be a whistle-stop tour of some notable names and notable picks that I want to highlight. So let's get straight into it. Now, my first draft in anger took place on Wednesday night. It's the second annual draft content creator league. And I was absolutely blown away by the drafting of strikers. Now, obviously, I'm aware of the value, but it was really like grabbing toilet roll during lockdown. I wasn't thrilled coming in with the fifth pick overall, mainly because there's a clutch of players I've got between kind of four and nine who I can't really separate very easily. Um, And I usually like to be very sure who I want, but I picked Bruno Fernandes, who I've got top of that bunch this year. Haaland and surprisingly, Gabriel Jesus have been picked ahead of me. Then as the draft swung around into uh, round two, this was a 10-team league, by the way, Watkins and Kunku, Kane, Gakpo and Darwin all went back to back. Now, in a perfect world, I'd have loved to have partnered one of those names with my opening pick, but this is where you just have to draft the board in front of you. I had Martinelli as a late first rounder and he was still sat there. So I played the value and took him in the second round. Following this, Isak, Wilson and Jackson went before my turn swung around again. Now, again, I was left with a value call to make. Already had two midfielders, but my best ranked option sitting there was Diogo Jota. So I looked at that, thought, well, that will give me coverage of Man United, Arsenal and now Liverpool's attacks. The next clutch of forwards I'd have been sort of sifting through were Solanke, Alvarez, Ferguson. And again, I just couldn't bring myself to draft the position over the player. But my word, is there a cliff edge after that? Check out the full draft table on Twitter and you'll get the gist. So yeah, the forwards are generally creeping higher and higher 
in my overall rankings and we can't get some new blood into this list soon enough. Hoylund coming in, Kane could end up feeling like a new signing if some news breaks that he's sticking around. You know, if Kane did go, it would be him, Mitrovic and Tony all taken out of the list, which is a massive dent. And say lots of other fringe strikers, some of the strikers from the newly promoted teams. Um, if we get some real clarity that one of those is going to be a clear starter, it could really rocket them a number of rounds up the list, particularly if you're in larger leagues where having minimum of one striker you can rely on week in, week out is an absolute must. But yeah, this season more than ever on a little tangent could be more important than ever to include some kind of self-imposed rule for your draft league in terms of how you handle the new transfers after you've drafted um, because I think it will be right up until game week three, between game week three and four, that the transfer window is going to run. So if you leave it as a free-for-all, whoever drafts in last position will get the first pickup next week. And then after that, whoever's in bottom place will just keep getting the first pickup too. So say one way our league looks to um, try and even the playing field a little bit is just to completely ban wavering in new players until the transfer window is shut. So at least it just knocks them back a few weeks. Kind of just puts people off tanking a little bit. So, you know, you don't really want to tank for three or four weeks in a row in order to pick somebody up. Maybe you do. Um, but say it just stops someone from potentially accumulating a whole host of premium pickups in the next few weeks. But there's more than one way to um, to cover that. But yeah, just thought I'd throw that in while it's in my head. Anyway, into the rankings. My third striker overall is Gabriel Jesus. Obviously, I mentioned I was surprised how high Gabriel Jesus went in that content creator league the other day. I think he went fourth overall. So I've got him uh, behind Haaland and I've got him behind Ollie Watkins too. It was annoying news this week, you know, just more forwards dropping like flies. So um, he's had some sort of small knee procedure. would assume he's had uh, some sort of arthroscopy, which would probably rule him out for between four and six weeks by the sounds of things. To say no clear idea. Don't think it really impacts his draft position too much. He is still a premium pick. So I've got him late first, early second round. I think that if you can get a premium mid late first round and grab Jesus on the way back up in the second that would be a very nice, very nice opening pair. In at number five on my striker rankings, and we're down to about 18th overall, is Nkunku for Chelsea. Now, again, similar to Jesus, we got some more annoying injury news, but it's uh, a lot more vague at the moment. Sounds like he has been ruled out of game week one. Doesn't sound quite as severe as whatever Jesus's issue was. So again, I'm not going to let this affect his, his draft ranking too much, and I don't think you should either. His expected goal involvement per 90 last year was 0.86, which is really incredible output and very predictable in terms of his expected goals and assists. So someone I am excited to try and pick up in my upcoming drafts. He's not going to play much, I think, as an out-and-out number nine. He'll play more of a 10 just behind that forward striker. But again, that shouldn't affect his output because he's used to playing there. So say I've got him as a firm second round pick. And if I dodged uh, the obvious strikers at the top of the pile, I'd be happy going into the season with Nkunku as my primary striker paired with a decent mid from the first round. So down another couple of spots at number seven is Gakpo. So I'm going to talk about Gakpo and Darwin Nunez here. I've got them literally back-to-back picks in my rankings. I feel like this is one of those pendulum decisions that could make or break your draft. I've got them nestled next to each other. Let's say Gakpo one place ahead of Darwin at the moment because I trust what I've seen of Gakpo more than what I've seen of Darwin so far. I think for me, it boils down to knowing what I'm getting. So, you know, to throwing the dice on a boom or bust player in Darwin, you know, he had, he's had a good preseason last year too, as well as this season. I still couldn't really trust him 
to go and be a 20 goal a season striker. I expect Darwin to probably line up as a number nine in game week one. And I think he'll be given the opportunity to properly stake a claim there. But, you know, Gakpo will still get opportunities from the bench and I think will eventually force himself to the top of the queue. So I'm not married to this order and putting them so close means I'm essentially saying there is very little to put between them. It could flick back and forth a few more times before draft day, but I think I'm reasonably set on um, if I was left, you know, if it was my pick and both of them were sat there, I would take Gakpo over Darwin Nunes, which I think would be controversial. And indeed, if we look at the um, our sort of average draft positional data so far, um, that is slightly reversed. So Darwin is going around 18th and Gakpo going around 20th. So say most managers out there are drafting them ever so slightly the opposite way around. But still, in the same way my rankings have them close together, that's how the average global picks have them very close together too. So um, the rest of you can't really choose much between them as well. But I think an easier way of putting it is I wouldn't be disappointed to come away with either of them. If I was two picks away with them both sat there and the manager in front of me took Gakpo, say I wouldn't hesitate to pick up Darwin if he was um, if he was my best ranked striker um, ready to go. So let's skip a bit further down, um, down to around my 11th striker and we've got Julian Alvarez. He's an interesting option. Current average draft position in a 10-team league ranks him 40th overall, so a late 4th fifth for average leagues I have him a little bit higher at 33 more because of the way that the forward market is developing every day and I think if they don't obviously if City don't obviously replace Mares, he could get quite a decent amount of game time um, coming in off the wing as well it's obviously versatile he can come in and cover Haaland if he gets subbed off early which isn't you know it's not a bad time to come in um, given his kind of skill set if City are already 3-0 up, 70 minutes to go. Giving him 20 minutes, half an hour, is by no means going to be a disappointment for you. So I'm going to slide down a whole host of other very mid-level striker options um, to one who I've possibly got surprisingly high, which is uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Now, I've got him 66th overall in my rankings. Probably puts him around my 22nd striker overall. Average draft position in eight team leagues at the moment is 111. In 10 team leagues, it's 86. And in 12 team leagues, it's 76. I'm sure many of these low end strikers would show a similar pattern. So as the league size increases, that sort of need and that clamour to gamble on a half decent striker increases and they obviously slide up the rankings. So Calvert-Lewin's FBL history is, in terms of points per season, is an almost perfect bell curve, which peaked three years ago where he got 22 attacking returns and scored 165 points. Now, at 26, this has to be the bounce-back season. Now, I wonder if if it could be one of those we look back on and Rue missed opportunities on draft day if he does slide as low as, as 100, 120th in the draft. I think if you're in any way sold on a return to form, then Calvert-Lewin as a third striker option gives you really nothing to lose and so much to gain. Reports suggest that he started to feature in pre-season behind closed doors, whether he's got the fitness to line up in going week one, we'll probably find out next week. But yeah, for most leagues of sort of um, 10 plus, your third striker doesn't have to be a season keeper and can be someone that you're looking to gamble on a little bit. And that brings us nicely on to my pick a couple below Calvert-Lewin, which is Amdouni for Burnley. Signed from FC Basel last season, he made 32 appearances for them, scored 12 and assisted five. He's only 22 
Uh, I watched his YouTube highlight reel, which is always um, conducive to sussing out a player. And he looks to be a very complete player, to be fair. Range of finishes, passes and dribbling. Uh, I don't see anyone else at Burnley who would possess that sort of skill set. Uh, and it will be interesting to see who gets the nod if they line up with just a single striker. Could be um, J-Rod initially, but um, but yeah, I think I would expect to see plenty of this guy, particularly when they line up in a two. He'll certainly be uh, be one of them. Below this really is a whole host of boring picks, the likes of Edouard, Dennis, Wood, uh, Adebayo for, um, for Luton, Cunha for Wolves, Vinicius for Fulham, who just doesn't excite me at all. New ones I'll just mention very briefly. I've got Enketia currently at about 130th overall. Some would probably have been getting excited with Jesus' injury. However, I think from the way they've been lining up in preseason, there's more of a chance that Leandro Trossard lines up as a sort of a false nine. But he's definitely someone that could nudge a little higher um, if you're banking on him starting. Um, Ivan Tony is an interesting one. He is still going in plenty of drafts. His average draft position at the moment is around 67. I've got him way down at about 137, I think, unless you are in a sort of 14 plus size league. I wouldn't really be looking to smuggle him away on the bench until, well, I wouldn't really be thinking about him until at least November, really. But that'll be a value judgment we have to make as time goes on. And will be uh, a bell that I have to ring on the in one of the game week preview podcasts as we get into the season. Otherwise, it's just a whole load of guff. This lowdown really is. One other thing to mention, obviously, given that the pending news of Hoyland um, joining United, had a few questions already about where I would draft him, and I think the easiest answer is to say I would draft him around where I would take and Kunku. So. A kind of late second round pick, possibly early third if you're in an eight-team league. There is always, I've said it before, there is always, always, always at least one United fan in every draft league under the sun. So expect them to maybe overdraft him and that's fine. You know, any player that gets overdrafted is an advantage to you. His value really here comes in the potential, the hype and the fact that he's going to be the starting number nine in amongst the likes of Bruno Fernandes, Mount, Rashford... Anthony, Sancho, whoever they've got around him um, and just what that can do to his output. I mean, if you look back at his numbers from his career so far, obviously he's only 20 still, so we haven't got tons of data, but he only scored nine league goals for Atlanta last year in 32 appearances, got four assists. So, you know, not even an attacking return, one in two. But yeah, as I said, it's it's the potential in the position that he's going to have in a very good attack. So yeah, he's in that clutch with Nkunku, um, Callum Wilson, Gakpo, Darwin, Throw him in there, but I, you know, I reckon unless you're particularly hot on the idea of him, um, I've got a pretty fair chance, especially with the novelty value. Draft managers love a new exciting striker in the game, which always bumps them up a few spots. So, say let him go in thirteenth pick overall, fourteenth pick. As I said, if if managers are going to over draft and overvalue players, that just shifts the value of the players left up a notch, and it, and it makes your chances of picking up someone better even higher at later picks in the draft. So that is it for this episode and thus concludes the Road to Draft Day series 2023. So if this was the first episode that you've listened to, have a little rewind at the previous episodes. We've got the midfielder, defender and goalkeeper rankings. Uh, There's a general episode on our tips to um, drafting. 
There's a bit of a deep dive on positional scarcity and value-based drafting for those that want to have a little bit of a deeper think in how they structure their rankings. There's also a, a podcast on the new uh, the, the new Premier League managers and the teams. So that was Chelsea, Spurs and Bournemouth just to see how that might affect how our ranks. Plus also three episodes dedicated to the newly promoted teams to give you a preview of those guys. So Burnley, Sheffield United and Luton. So, so there's a good couple of hours there of, of content if you're about to draft and haven't checked those out. Do give them a listen and subscribe on whichever platform you listen to so you don't miss out on any of the future episodes as they drop. And our next episode, seems crazy to think, will be the Game Week 1 preview podcast. So we're getting into the proper meat and veg of the season, looking at players that could have uh, skipped under the radar on draft day. Maybe you're finally actually constructing your starting 11 and realizing that you didn't actually draft for a very good game week one uh, 11 and need to make a couple of tweaks that is what we're going to be looking at uh, on the preview podcast but I say for most people that's not going to be a massive time to change things up because I'm sure that uh, with all the preparation and all the help you get from our stuff at draft FC you'll be nice and relaxed and comfortable going into those opening game weeks we were pleased on uh, on Twitter or X to have crossed the 1,000 follower mark. So uh, big thanks to all those that follow us on there. If you don't already, um, then head over and follow us at draft underscore FC. We keep you up to date on all the comings and goings at Draft FC on there. And it's also a good way to message us if you need to. The DMs are really coming thick and fast at the moment with drafts looming. Drafts have already happened. Getting some thoughts and opinions on, on uh, good teams, bad teams and everything in between as well as just very basic advice for those of you who haven't really played much uh, draft FPL before. So yeah, always open, always happy to respond. Um, expecting quite a lot of you to reach out in the next week. It's always nice to uh, chat to all you guys and girls that listen. So very, very best of luck for your draft days, especially for um, first timers. It is a unique experience in the world of FPL. Nervy and exciting all at the same time. There isn't really anything like it. One of my favourite days of the year. My main draft will be happening on Tuesday and um, I'll keep you posted on how that went on Twitter. But until next time, stay shook. Sure.